Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Today's guest, Courtney DeRonde, is a CPA and co-managing partner of TDT CPAs and Advisors, a boutique advisory and accounting firm for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Courtney is primarily responsible for the firm's vision and strategic direction. Her professional background includes almost two decades of serving small businesses and nonprofits. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you, Denise. Thanks for having me. Uh, Well, I learned some very interesting things about you when we had our first discussion. So you've got an admirable travel goal. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So my husband and I have a goal to make it to all 50 states together. So if I go for work or he goes hunting, that doesn't count. We want to go to all 50 states together and we've got about 11 to go. So we've been married, it'll be 19 years this summer. And so, yeah, we've got 11 to go and uh, it's mostly like New England and a couple of Western states. So where are you located? So we live in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa. So we're like middle of the USA. We love to road trip. And so that's how we've gotten a lot of the states because we'll just, you know, take a week or when, before we had kids, we take a long weekend and drive. And so I'm hoping this fall to, to knock out a bunch of those New England states. Perfect. Perfect. So it sounds like you're averaging about two per year. That's quite admirable. (laughs) Now, one other thing I learned about you is, and I'm going to just kind of ask it this way. What's a woodle? A Woodle is a designer breed, okay, of dog. So it's a Wheaton Terrier and a Poodle mix. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, usually those mixes are called mutts, but somewhere along the way when they started intentionally crossing breeds, they call them designer breeds. So, so this is our dog, Oscar, our daughter's dog, Oscar, that we gave her for her ninth birthday. He's a Wheaton Terrier Poodle mix, and he's, he is a delight. <laughs> I just found that interesting. I, I, it, coincidentally, somebody was talking to me the other day about a new breed that they were doing some videos on for promotional purposes. So I was like, oh, that's interesting concept. So I, I wanted to ask you about the Woodle. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about today, which is your boutique firm. So you're very forward focused. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah. So, so much of accounting is capturing what has already happened and reporting on it, putting it on tax returns and financial statements. And that's important and it's necessary, but we believe there is so much more power in using that information and other leading indicators to be proactive about where you're going. So planning to minimize taxes, planning your growth goals so that you can grow and scale your business without burning out and and growing your top line revenue, but not being any more profitable, just being more tired, (laughs) essentially. And so we believe that being forward thinking and proactive 
is a more powerful way to use that financial information. So we certainly do financial reporting and tax preparation as long as lenders and investors and the IRS want that kind of information. That's It's valuable, but we believe there's more power in using that information in a more proactive way. So forecasting is a forward-thinking activity, but you almost always use past performance numbers to forecast. Would you do something different? No. So we we do use historical information as a basis for applying assumptions and goals and different factors. So so really the way we look at it, before we can be proactive and plan for the future, we have to have a foundation of accurate, timely financial information. So sometimes small businesses and nonprofits come to us and they want to do a forecast, but their bookkeeping is a mess. And we're like, well, we we can you know, we can apply assumptions to bad data, but it's not going to be very meaningful or valuable. So we need to first get that foundation of accurate, timely financial information, and then we can use it not just for reporting what's happened, but also as a basis for those assumptions and what-if scenarios that can be more exciting and more forward-thinking and can really help you when you're trying to make decisions about where should I focus and how quickly should I grow and you know what's the return on this investment, that type of thing. And do you do other consulting, say with forecasting, you're talking about goals. Do you do other work with small business owners around metrics and just you know, activities related to, okay, so if this is your goal, this is what you, some of the things you need to do to get to that goal. We do. Yes, we do. So we work with small and medium-sized businesses, nonprofit organizations all across the country on developing KPIs. So key performance indicators. And we, we typically present this to them in a visualized dashboard. So our brains can just really interpret visual data more quickly than financial statements or tables or Excel files. And so those dashboards are filled with both leading and lagging indicators. So most of the things that you pull straight from the financial statements are going to be lagging indicators. It's just, it's telling you where you're at, the results of what's already happened. We also like to incorporate leading indicators so that you can be in tune with what do we think is what is happening right now in our business. So what do we think the results will be while there's still a chance to change them? And so we go through a process with, uh, with our, with our clients to think about the main areas of their business, where are they just constantly fighting fires and, and running around, you know, really dealing with most likely what are um, symptoms instead of underlying causes, what are those? And let's dig down to the underlying causes and start measuring and monitoring the activities at that level, not just the, the ending results. Because if you start measuring those activities, you can still make changes What because you have visibility on it. So what are some of the forward, the, the forward, the leading, leading indicators that you might put on your KPI dashboard? Yeah, so uh, one example, Cash flow. So ca- cash flow problems are common. It's one of the leading causes of small business failure. But cash flow problems are a symptom. There's some underlying issue in your business that's causing a cash flow problem. So what you would want to do is look into what 
what are the underlying issues here? So one example might be that your cash flow is tight because you're not getting your invoices out soon enough. You're incurring all the cost to deliver the service or to deliver the goods, but you're not being mindful of how long it takes you to invoice your customers or how long it takes them to pay you. So a lot of times businesses will monitor the number of days in receivables that they have, but that's a lagging indicator. If you want to improve the timeliness of getting invoices out, you need to start looking at, well, how many days does it take us to get an invoice out to a customer? Does our process include invoicing them immediately? Is it five days later, 10 days later? Is it something that somebody has too much on their plate and they let it slide? If you figure out how many days does it take now and set a goal for lowering that and start measuring and monitoring how many days does it take, then you will start to see that lagging indicator go down. Same with collections. If the problem is on people are paying you too slowly, you need to figure out why is that? Are there a lot of times there's errors in invoices? So businesses will send out an invoice, clients are slow to pay because there's mistakes on it. So you need to focus on the underlying activity, accuracy of invoices, measure and monitor how many, what percentage of our invoices don't get paid because there's an error and start putting a measure around the the quality or the the correctness of your invoices. That's a couple examples where the big picture problem is our cash flow is tight. We got to dig down into the underlying activities that drive those problems. Instead of just putting out the fire, you've got to actually figure out what's causing the fire and measure and monitor that. So would this be one of the blind spots that you refer to? Yes. So this is one of the blind spots. So we 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 work with with businesses at all stages, uh, startup, growth, maturity. In the growth stage in particular, there are five common blind spots that we see that and and what I mean by blind spots is a lot of times you've been working so hard to grow your business and get to that next stage when new problems and challenges start creeping up, it feels weird. It's like, well, I've been working so hard to get to this level and now I've got this whole new set of problems that I wasn't expecting or anticipating. And so one of them is fighting fires. You're spending all your time putting out fires instead of preventing them. And I think, you know, when you, when you grow, you add more people, more activities into your business, it Mm -hmm. becomes harder to figure out those underlying issues and you can lose sight of whether or not you're fixing symptoms or the actual underlying causes. So you have to, you know, really dig down into those underlying issues or some people will call it upstream issues, look upstream versus downstream. Look look ahead in this if you know if this is the result you have, what what are your people and what are the processes doing in your business? before that result happens. That's where you need to look. And, and we look at it with clients at kind of start with those four main areas of business. So where are your, where are your fires? Where are your challenges? Where are your big issues and opportunities in the area of finance, operations, uh, your people, and your customers and sales? In those four big areas, there are likely challenges that you're facing 
figure out what those big issues are and then drill into those underlying issues or those upstream causes. That's, that's one of the blind spots. Yes. Fighting fires. Fighting fires. And I can tell you, as you are growing your business, that is the last thing that you want to be doing. You want to be as a business owner, proactively, you know, either selling if that's what your model is or hiring if that's what your model is or simply delegating those things to the right people to do those things and and just managing you know depending upon what stage they are in in their growth yes absolutely i completely agree and I, and i think sometimes you know we get so busy in those activities and putting out those fires and and we we don't take a a breath and kind of step back and see what really is going on here. Um, but I, I want p- business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders to understand this happens to everyone. It's, it doesn't mean that you've messed it up. It means you're growing. Like if this is happening to you, it's because you are growing and you just have to be intentional about f- shifting that mindset to being uh, focused on those leading indicators, not just the lagging indicators so that you can prevent some of those issues going forward. Uh, otherwise it will stunt or at least stall your growth because you'll, j- or you'll, or you'll just burn out. There's too much to do. So in, in this process of discovery and setting up KPIs and leading indicators, do you ever dive down into things that are outside of bookkeeping and accounting like sales or hiring? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So we look at all of those areas of business. So on the sales side, you know, maybe you've got a revenue goal and you're not sure how you're going to reach it. We can help create a budget and a forecast assumptions all day long. But if you don't understand the different factors that go into hitting that revenue goal and start measuring and monitoring them, it's kind of a, well, let's just kind of wing it and see what happens. So an example of leading indicators, if you think about sales, you know, you've got your leads that come in, you've got the the close rate, your win rate, how many of them win, the average fee or price per customer. When you, when you take that, that's what's going to come up with your sales amount. So if you drill into that, are we getting enough leads? Are we winning enough of them? Is the average fee per customer high enough? And if you don't like any of the results, you have to drill down into there and see, well, what do we need to fix? We've got plenty of leads, but our close rate is incredibly low. Okay, well, let's not focus on getting more leads. Let's focus on why are we not winning them? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're, we've got plenty of leads and we're winning a lot of them, but they're very small. It's much less than, our, than what we want our average fee for client to be. So then let's look at that. Maybe our leads are coming from the wrong source, or maybe there's something in the sales process where we're not sharing enough about how we could help beyond the initial inquiry. So thinking, you, you kind of have to get into those individual areas, those underlying activities, Um, but it definitely can be outside of finance. We help with um, areas of, you know, people and workforce, operations and quality, any of those items. And you're just really digging into the underlying activities and then measuring and monitoring them on a regular ongoing basis. Can you give me an example of a real life instance without naming the business, of course, Mm -hmm. where you've helped somebody from this profit? process and how they benefited from it. 
Sure. Yeah. So we have a client who provides mental health services. And in the state of Iowa, some of those services are paid through what's called a managed care program where the government um, reimburses them. And so when that system changed, they all of a sudden found their cash flow extremely tight. And so we worked with them to figure out what are some of the underlying issues here. What we found out through talking with their team members in different parts of the process, facilitating different sessions with their team, what we found out was there's two main things. One is they were having a high rate of claims rejected. So they were delivering the service, they're paying their therapist, they're, you know, administering the office, they're billing um, their patients, submitting the claims. And then instead of it getting paid within 14 days, it's getting rejected. And then they have to start investigating what's happening and go through this whole process. And so what, what we talked about was what do they know that you don't? When they reject the claim, what information do they have that you didn't have when you submitted it? Who in the organization has that information and how can we change the process to capture that? So so that was one piece of the puzzle. The other one was the timeliness of getting the data in from when the they're serving so many patients, the therapist didn't have time to capture all the data that was needed to to finalize the the billing to submit it. So we worked through that process. How can we change the process to get those notes and those codes in quicker? So what it meant for them, one, it it completely reduced frustration within their team because they they were pointing fingers, you know, Mm -hmm. at who's causing the problems here. So they realized, oh, I didn't know that that messed you up in your job. I didn't know that it was so important that I did that. So it gave clarity around the priorities to the team. And then from a financial perspective, this cash flow issue was causing them to use their line of credit and pay hundreds of thousands oh. of dollars of interest yeah, because of timing. And so we were able to save them hundreds of thousands of dollars of interest by refining the process and measuring those key indicators, those leading indicators and tweaking things and figuring out the problems and changing them because then they didn't have to use their line of credit so extensively. That's incredible. So you are far more than a bookkeeping and accounting firm. You are a facilitator, mediator, a little bit of an arbitrator, <laughs> a problem solver. Sometimes therapist, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And all while still improving the financials in, you know, because a lot of times small business owners really think of financials just as revenue. And there's so many more other factors that deal into the into that, you know, having longevity with team members, you know, processes that they do that could potentially save time. And you, that was a great example. I really appreciate that. So I I suspect some of our listeners are going to want to reach out to you after this. So how would they find you? Yes. So I've got two ways. So if you are on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. It's just Courtney DeRondi, LinkedIn slash Courtney DeRondi, and connect with me or follow me or send me a direct message. And I would love to um, share with you some more resources. And, and, and you can also just follow me and hear more. I post a video every week so we can you know get to know each other through LinkedIn. Another way is to go to our website, tdtpc.com slash nurture small business. And so what you'll see on that site 
is a link to more information about those five blind spots that Denise mentioned. There's a quiz where you can take the quiz and figure out which of the blind spots are impacting your business right now. And more importantly, what do you do about it? If these are your blind spots, there's opportunity to um, schedule a 30-minute discovery call with me from there. So you can go to tdtpc.com slash nurture small business. And there are some opportunities for us to connect further there as well. And I'll make sure that the description of the podcast links to that page so that our listeners can get there. Perfect. Thank you, Denise. You're welcome. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.